Thank you for joining the Homeschool Help Desk Live. My name is Tam and I'm here to help you. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube at Cousin Tam. And now let's get into the show. And I think whatever, I'm not quite sure what's going on with my webcam or YouTube today. So I'm actually going to stop fiddling with it. And uh, we just won't have the YouTube live stream today, but I do hope to have that fixed by tomorrow. But anyway, the podcast is still recording, so we'll have it. That'll be there. So if you're not already, you can go subscribe to the podcast, listen to it later if you miss any part of today. Thank y'all for the likes and the shares, the follows. Good morning, everyone. How's it going? You said y'all made volcanoes. It was messy, but fun. Yeah, volcanoes are, are always a hit. <laughs> I think kids do love that whole, like, you know, get messy, have a have just a, a day to watch that chemical reaction. So I think that's always a good one. Good morning. You said, is it too late even if you've already enrolled her in public school? Um, no, I would say no, because every school has a withdrawal procedure. So whatever that withdrawal procedure is for your public school, you would just follow that. And then uh, if you live in a state that requires notification for, pub, uh, for homeschool, then you would just follow that procedure. So I don't know if you feel comfortable dropping your state, but um, usually it's very simple to withdraw a child. People move all the time. Um, and then you would just fill out whatever paperwork is necessary for your state. But it's not too late. Not at all. You're in Georgia and have an eighth grader and you're thinking of starting homeschool. Yeah, you definitely can. Georgia makes it quite easy. I'm in Georgia as well. I also have an eighth grader this year. So yeah, definitely um, ask any questions you have while you're, I mean, if you're, you're thinking about it, do you have any particular questions of just what to expect, what to do? Um, but yeah, that's what these lives are for. I go live Monday through Thursday, um, 8.30 to 10. And that's what this is all about. It's just asking questions. <laughs> <clears throat> you said we started this week, first timers, you're only doing like 30 minutes a day so far. Yeah, I would take it easy at the beginning. I wouldn't encourage you to try to, you know, hammer out five, six hour days at the beginning. <clears throat> it's just, it's going to overwhelm you it, that the best way to burn out fast is to, to try to hit the ground running. Um, I think sometimes what's portrayed about homeschooling online makes it look very simple, but it's kind of like watching a uh, master chef, <laughs> in my opinion, like those people who are on master chef didn't pick up a knife the day before they got there. You know, they have been chopping and, you know, mixing recipes for a long time. So they can throw those things together and it comes out beautiful. Um, but if you're just getting started, you know, you don't want to compare yourself to someone who's been homeschooling um, for 15 years, you know, it's just, Take it easy. Go at your pace. <clears throat> Excuse me, y'all. I'm so sorry. Okay, so you said, so you discuss with your boys, 9 and 10, a possible year round with breaks because honestly, we are, and then you got cut off. Learning, oh, there you go. Learning all the time anyway, and they love the idea. Yeah, that's what we do. We homeschool year round with, uh, like I said, six weeks on, one week off usually with um, a couple of longer breaks around like Christmas and Memorial Day. I'll show our schedule. That's what ours looks like. The highlighted yellow is when we're typically out. 
So it more than covers the 180 day requirement that we have here in Georgia. Um, lots of flex days built in for when we're not feeling good. <laughs> so like today. <laughs> um, but also, you know, when, when you do establish a routine and you do have a curriculum that your kids are comfortable with and confident with, they can go on and still do their schoolwork even when you're sick or just, you know, you're not at your best. So you can definitely um, get a, I think I, we personally, our family, we've gotten a lot out of homeschooling year round. You said you love homeschooling, but you may have to go back to work. Not sure how to homeschool in this situation. You know, um, my butterfly books, I would recommend that you reach out to um, Practical by Default. That's her username, uh, Practical by Default. She talks about how to make homeschooling work when you're working inside the home, outside the home. Like that's her specialty. Um, every situation is a little bit different. It's going to kind of depend on, you know, the support that you have when you go back to work or if you go back to work. Um, it's kind of hard to just drill it down to like, oh, this is all you have to do. You know, it just, it depends on the hours that you're working. And like I said, the support that you have from your family and friends. And I mean, I did it. I did work outside the home um, in the first few years, but we were, my kids were much younger then. So, and we had family that lived closer. It was more support at the time. I'm not sure that I could do it now. Well, I guess I could do it now. My kids are older and a little more self-sufficient. It just, it's, there's so many factors that go into that. Um, so yeah, it's it's hard to just say, oh, just do this and it'll work out. But if you, um, I don't know how specific you want to get on on this live, um, but yeah, it, it a lot of factors go into this being able to successfully homeschool while you work outside the home. Amber, you said some days you were thinking of doing some writing prompts, other days maybe how he's feeling day by day here. Yeah, yeah, you can absolutely change up your routine. It doesn't have to be that you're doing writing prompts every single day. What are the steps you should take? So um, for you, I do have a nine part series actually in my profile that goes through all the steps that you need specifically for Georgia, because <clears throat> that's where I am. So if you wanna give that a look it, and I show you exactly what websites, like where to click, all that stuff, I'll walk you through it in, the, in those videos. And um, yeah, that's what I would suggest since you're in Georgia like me. I think that's the best step. Do your tools include any unschooling resources? Yes, yes, there are unschooling resources in that uh, on that resources list. You're in Texas and interested in doing this. How do you start? Texas, uh, <laughs> I pick on Texas a little bit because it's like the most free state <laughs> to homeschool in. You actually don't have to do anything because homeschooling is the default. So if your child is in school, you would just need to withdraw them but um, there's no paperwork to submit. You don't have um, all these different requirements that you hear about in other states because, like I said, Texas is kind of the, they, it, you say don't mess with Texas for a reason. Um, so what age range are you starting with, if you don't mind sharing? Uh, and that was directed at UC Gray. Um, Practical by Default was the name of who I recommended for you to check out uh, if you're working or getting ready to possibly work outside the home. You said, yes, I wish I'd known not to compare myself when we started years ago. Yeah. You're also using Khan Academy with journals. Fourth grade is big on writing, isn't it? <clears throat> it can be. I mean, I would say if your kid's not loving it, I wouldn't 
you know, cram it down their throat, you know, like there's ways that you can incorporate writing into more fun activities. Like you can have them write a letter back and forth to their grandparents and that's writing. Okay, good. Hey, Danny, how's it going? Is this an option for special needs children with an IEP? Yes, it is. Absolutely. Have you heard of unschooling? Is it the same as homeschooling? Yes, I have heard of unschooling. I've tried unschooling. It's not for me. I'm too type A for that. But yeah, there's a lot of unschoolers on this app. Actually, if you just search the term unschooling, you'll find lots of different content on it. It is under the umbrella of homeschooling. Um, essentially, it's just, it's Miss Frizzle. You let the kids decide and you help facilitate their learning by following their interests. So think Miss Frizzle when you think unschooling. You said you're starting your eighth grader with big fat notebooks and free internet resources until you decide on the curriculum. That's brilliant. I, I think that's the, actually not the way to go. Like take your time with curriculum purchases, especially if it's expensive. Um, I highly encourage you to look into free trials whenever possible. Like right now, me and my kids, my older two are on a free trial of teaching textbooks because I really want to make sure before we invest that they're actually liking it. And so, yeah, I think that approach is actually very good. <laughs> Yes, Ms. Frizzle. <laughs> Good morning, Braving Nomi. You said you're trying to start a library for your kids second grade and fifth grade. What kind of books should you buy? Oh, gosh. I am probably the worst person to ask because I say buy all the books. <laughs> um, let's see, second and fifth grade. Um, your fifth grader, I think, could probably benefit from the Big Fat Notebook series. I bought those when my... Um, my oldest was in fifth grade, so I, I don't think that fifth grade is too young. Even though it says middle school on the cover, I don't think that fifth, fifth grade is too young for that. I don't think so. Um, I really like the the publisher DK with the eyewitness books um, because there's just a lot of stuff in there. A lot of different um, topics are covered in those books. So basically, like anything by DK, any eyewitness books, I think would be good for for all the grades. Um, especially elementary and middle school. Um, let's see, what else? I like a few Usborne books. We have a few here. Um, like we have the money book. I just did a flip through of that on my channel. Um, I think that's pretty good for elementary and middle school too. Probably I would say more like fourth grade and up, but depending on where your second grader is, like you can definitely um, take a look at that flip through and see if they might like that. Cause it's almost written in a graphic novel style, but it teaches the concept of money we also have that same book, but in the business version. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like there's not a bad book to buy as long as, you know, because they might not jump to it right now, but later when they're when they're bored, right? You know, bored in quotation, they'll they'll go grab that book off the shelf and say, hmm, what's this about? So, yeah, I I say buy all the books. <laughs> it's not probably not a good thing. But I mean, I'm just I'm a, I'm probably addicted to books. That's why. um my husband, like when we were dating, that was our date spot was Barnes and Noble or, or a bookstore. <laughs> so I, I'm, there's not a book that I would say don't buy probably. <laughs> oh, your fourth grader just, your, she just started teaching textbooks and loves it. Yeah. My kids are really liking it too. Honestly, I, I wasn't sure. So that's why we did the free trial. I didn't just jump in, but they're really liking it. You said you're doing homeschooling, but you're doing December. Oh, congrats. Should you start a program now or 
later once you need help. <clears throat> well, first of all, congrats. Um, yeah, when I, my son was born, um, we were we were homeschooling as well. And I would say if, if at all possible, if you want to get them started on something that they can do independently, I would say, yeah, go ahead and work towards that so that when baby does come, they're already used to working independently on, on whatever that curriculum is that you're going to choose. Um, I don't know how old your children are, but um, yeah, that's what I would suggest because that's literally what's happening right now when I do these lives. My older two are able to work in their workbook and on teaching textbooks independently, and then I can go back and check what they've done later. My son, who's six, has, um, we have the education.com membership, so he can play on the reading and writing games and the math games, and then we can I can go back and see like what he's done, but they're able to still do that stuff independently, independent of me, um, and then we can go back and meet up later. So if there's something like that that you can get them started on now, that way when you're due in December, you're, you're not feeling like no one's doing anything because you know, you're tending to the newborn. That's what I would suggest. Um, but, you know, don't push yourself too hard. I would just focus on like reading and math and, <laughs> and it's okay. Cause a lot of, a lot of things flow into reading and math. So they'll still, when they're reading, they can read some science, they can read some social studies. Um, when they're doing math, they're going to cover time and measurement and, and money. So you don't have to feel like you have to add on a whole bunch of the extra subjects. Um, also writing, you can incorporate, maybe have them write letters to the new baby something like that. But um, I wouldn't push super duper hard. Like keep in mind, you are growing a life and, and then, you know, just having a newborn in the family uh, creates so many organic opportunities for learning anyway. So they're going to be learning a lot of life skills just by observing, you know, their new sibling being born. Uh, so you don't have to feel like you have to do a ton. Okay, you're in Idaho. You know, um, in my role, in my profile, I, I don't say this enough. In my profile, there's a, a Rolodex with a, a, a other folks who are homeschooling in Idaho that you could reach out to there that are on this app um, if you would like to. So just to get that like similar experience to be able to reach out to them. And anyone on that list, by the way, you can feel free to reach out to because I've all I've asked them all personally. They know I do these lives. Um, if they'd be open to answering questions from homeschoolers. So they know they, they're expecting you. <laughs> you can just tell, you know, make a comment on one of their videos. Hey, I was in Cousin Tam's live. I have a question. And they'll be, they'll answer. You said you're doing homeschool. This is your first time. Your son is in first grade. Any tips? Oh, hey. So I have a first grade son as well. Take it slow. You guys, all right, this is a new routine. This is a new experience. Um, you know, take it slow. Get to know his learning style if you don't already. And just, you know, introduce a few things each day, but not, you don't have to feel like you've got to do all the things. Like I know sometimes I show my schedule and what we're doing. And I think people feel like they've got to emulate that on day one. You do not. This this schedule was years in the making. Um, so kind of the same, you know, for you is like, you know, take it slow, get used to his learning style. And, um, and then just gradually introduce things over time. Good morning, big mom. You've been wanting to homeschool and you ask the universe for a sign, then you see this. Well, hey, <laughs> happy to be of service, I suppose, to, to the universe giving you a sign. What are some good sites for ninth and 10th grade or nine and 10 years old free learning? Are we talking nine and 10 years old or I think that's what we mean. I don't think you meant ninth and 10th grade. Um, so flock school, 
is one that I've been recommending lately because it has the lesson plans already kind of put together for you and then links to, um, to what you would need to complete that lesson plan. So that's flock, like flock of birds, school.com. I like that one a lot. Um, you know, a lot of people say Khan Academy. I think that depends on your kid though, whether or not they're going to like that, but it is out there as a free resource to explain things like, especially math concepts. Um, <clears throat> let's see, I'm kind of blanking. What else is free that we use? Just the library in general. Like, um, we have a site here in Georgia called georgiastandards.org where it gives you the standards of what is required for each grade level for each subject. And so I, what I have done is I've taken that and I've printed out some of that and I will take it to the library and, you know, just find books that align with that subject matter that we're supposed to be teaching. And that's also free. It's not a website, I know. Um, but there are some free sites on my resource list that I would encourage you to look at, like the, the Open Library is another free resource just to get library books or re just books in general. Um, Math for Fun is another website that's free that actually was um, referred to quite a bit in some of the things that I was looking at for Georgia teachers. Um, math for Fun, or ma is it Math for Fun or Math is Fun? I forgot which it is. It's on my resources list, though. Um, so yeah, that was another one that was that I saw mentioned a lot in the teacher circles. All right, let me go back up because I feel like if I missed your question and you were typing it to me and not the group and I missed it, please just throw an emoji in the front. It just makes it easier to go back and see since we don't have the QA section anymore, which is crazy. You said you're starting third grade and you have high hopes for starting fourth grade by December. Has anyone skipped a grade? Oh, yeah, you can definitely. You don't have to follow the nine month traditional school year. If your kid is ready to move on, move on. Yes, you can definitely like just move ahead at their pace. Is Florida difficult with paperwork and criteria? Uh, no, I wouldn't say so. Um, if you wanted to reach out to some of the Floridian homeschoolers on the resources list just to get that, you know, firsthand experience. I don't personally, I don't think any state is difficult. I just think once you've learned how to navigate it, you know, then it's fine. Um, but I wouldn't say any state in particular is difficult. You said, how many hours should we try? Should we act? How many hours should we try to aim for as beginners? Uh, depends on the grade level. I would say uh, someone actually in the live made this brilliant comparison, like how, whatever grade they're in is how many hours you should aim for, cap, maxing out at five um, hours per day. So like first grade, one hour, second grade, two hours, third grade, three hours, and so on. Um, and then like maximum for the day, five hours, but try to break that apart. Like don't sit for five hours. <laughs> um, so I, I like that comparison. I think it's pretty true to um, to the experience that we've had. Like our workday is broken down to be four and a half hours, but it's a two hour block in the morning and then a two and a half hour block in the afternoon. But like with intermittent 10, 15 minute breaks between those two hours um, as needed. And I never push them to be sitting down focused for two hours. I give them an assignment. Like I'll say, you know, you have this worksheet, this worksheet, and that online assignment to complete. If it's completed in 45 minutes, then I don't push them to stay for the additional, you know, hour and 15 minutes. But if they're, you know, having a, a day where they're not as motivated, it could stretch out to that full two hours. But then I'll usually cap it and say, all right, guys, you've been at this for two hours. Let's take a break. So that's kind of how I look at that. All right. Um, 
I thought I saw a question about, oh, here it is. Is homeschooling an option if the parent struggled in school? So yes, it is. And I will tell you my personal experiences, I, I struggle with history. And the reason I struggle with history is because I just, I don't enjoy it. I don't like it. <laughs> I think it's boring. I'd rather do something else. Um, so you can definitely, as your kid is, is going through, depending on how old your, you know, your kid is when you start, you can learn alongside your kid. Um, or you can definitely outsource that subject to, you know, just buying a curriculum where you act as more of the facilitator rather than the teacher, because the curriculum itself is teaching. Um, for me, what I've done in that situation is exactly what I just said, where I print out the standards for what we have to do for their history, for their grade. And then I go and find books, documentaries, um, whatever other free resources that I can to help teach that subject even though I'm weak in it. And it also helps if you've got friends, family that are maybe stronger in a subject than you are. Like my mother-in-law is a history buff. So going to museums with her is definitely on the list for us to do this year. That way her passion can help teach history because it's not a strong subject for me. And even to this day, I'm like, I, I'm still working on trying to be interested, but I'm just like, meh, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I'm struggling, but I tell my kids that too. Like I tell them like, I just don't, I'm not enjoying the subject. <laughs> so you can definitely like outsource the subject to a, to a curriculum and just help facilitate it. Okay. Punctuation. Yeah. Like I said, it doesn't have to be you teaching every subject. You can just do the research to find a curriculum that will help teach it for you. Yeah, <clears throat> you're about to be in the 11th grade this year and you can't move due to missing four credits. What should you do? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I'm wondering if you could take a class on like outschool.com and, and your school would count it as the, you know, the missing credits that you need. I would ask your school what they, what credits, what sort of like transfer credits might they accept? Because, yeah, outschool.com is one of those outsourcing resources that homeschoolers use. And you just go on there and take the class that you need. Um, but I would, you know, check with your school first to make sure that they would accept it. Okay. You, I think that question got cut. Oh, you want to do a co-op where you focus on the phys physical education part and partner with others who are better at other subjects, but you don't know where to look to get that started. Ooh. You know, a lot of people recommend like Facebook as a place to, to start linking up in your, you know, for, with folks in your area. You could also use the library as like a central exchange to maybe get, put the feelers out for other people who might be interested. How do you start homeschooling in New York? Um, what age are we talking about? Are you withdrawing? Or would this be like someone headed to kindergarten? <clears throat> also, I don't know if anyone is in here from New York. If so, also, please feel free to jump in on that one. Do you recommend finding out which books or level books are best for your kids? Oh, how do you recommend? I'm sorry. It's like, of course I recommend it. <laughs> How do you recommend? Okay, so you can um, have your child take like a reading level assessment, which some are free online. Um, 
or you know just going to the library on a regular basis and seeing what they gravitate towards and you yourself could also introduce different books too like if you want to see but to me reading level is quite arbitrary like there's really no point in my opinion to a reading level other than to write down and say my kid is on this level i think more important is you just want them to enjoy reading to comprehend what they're reading whatever level that is and then continually grow and and look for more opportunities to read. Okay, you're withdrawing grades are second and fourth. Okay, gotcha. So have you already withdrawn? I know I keep asking you questions, but I just want to make sure that I'm answering your needs properly. And then I know also in New York, there's a difference between the New York City education and then New York State education, because I learned that the the hard way when I was looking it up for someone else. Um, so if you wouldn't mind, just also let me know if you are New York City and if you are or New York State, and then it, have you already already withdrawn? Let me know. Okay, and then while you're answering that, your aunt homeschools in Queens, New York City. Okay, yeah, I don't. I thought that was so strange when I found out that New York City homeschool guidelines were slightly different than New York State. I would have thought they were the same. Um, how do you get over FOMO? You, you're drawn to aesthetic curriculum, but you can't find one that lines up with your beliefs. Stay off the internet some days, like take a break <laughs> from that content and just look at other content. Because uh, just remember, it's, it's, a, it's an aesthetic. It's usually not real. Or I, I shouldn't say it's usually not real, but... Oh, I know. Ask your kids. <laughs> That's how I stop myself from buying things that are unnecessary. Like I think everything on Instagram is beautiful, but then I'll go and show it to my kids and they're just like, we don't care about this at all. It's They are like humbling <laughs> me right away. So yeah, just keep your kids involved. Like don't purchase anything until you have talked to your kids. <clears throat> okay, hold on. Let me jump back to, I hope I'm saying it pr pr properly. Janicia or Janicia. Okay, New York City and you have not yet withdrawn. Okay, so um, first thing you'll wanna do, Janicia, is just look up the withdrawal procedure for their school, just so that you're following that to the letter. Um, and then I'm gonna go to the New York City Education website, Department of Education website, because I believe all that they're requiring at this point for New York City is you do have to submit your plan ahead of time, which is one of the states that I know <clears throat> where you do have to submit, they call it the IHIP, I-H-I-P, um, ahead of time uh, for just what you're planning to do. But they put all their forms, like it's very um, succinct on their website. I, I felt like New York City was one of the better ones. Good morning. Okay. I do wish we could save this login for you. Why does it keep needing it? Okay, there you go, Bubba. Okay, so um, Janicia, on the New York City Department of Education website, when you are looking at the search in the top right, you're gonna to wanna to type in homeschooling or just homeschool. And 
this is after you've gone through the withdrawal procedures for your child's school. Please don't type your child's school. <laughs> it's still the internet. Um, but usually each school district has a withdrawal procedure that they post online that you can go through and see what they need. Usually it's like a certified letter or sending an email or, you know, sometimes the school district has like an online form for you to fill out to withdraw. Go ahead and look up what that is for your kid's school in order to withdraw them. But um, for your homeschooling, uh, for getting started, you will go to the New York City website, which is just schools.nyc.gov. In the search, type in homeschooling, and then you would want to scroll down to maybe midway. Well, actually they posted this video. Oh, how nice is that? They now have a video for the overview of like homeschooling for parents and families. So you can watch that video. It's only eight minutes, but then scrolling past that video, it tells you that you do have to um, submit your letter of intent within 14 days of starting your homeschool program. Um, and so just read through this and they have the letter of intent templates on this website too. So all that stuff that you'll need and like where to send it to for New York City is all on that same page. Um, and then it also talks through like how you need to set up the individualized home instruction plan, the IHIP for, I think you said your kids are second and fourth grade. So that's all on here too. Like they made it really, in my opinion, very simple because they do request different forms. But again, they made it simple by putting the templates out there for you. So that's where I would suggest that you start if you haven't already been to that website and just, um, you know, review that video. And then I, I think after that, it's like pretty clear from, from that point. But if you had any other like specific questions, have you already been to this website? Okay, and then let me jump back up just a second. How can you make homeschool fun? Oh, you know, I think, first of all, you show up enthusiastic because when you're excited, they're excited. Instead of making it seem like you're, you know, dragging, okay, guys, let's get, let's, it's time for school. Let's go, let's go, let's go. You know, be excited about it when you show up like, hey, you know, like one of the things I don't say to my six-year-old, I don't say it's time for school. I say, what would you like to learn today? I hope you're enjoying this episode of Homeschool Help Desk Live. If you'd like to participate in a live show, you can follow me on TikTok at Cousin Tam and join the live every Monday through Thursday from 8.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And now back to the show. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so I just, I'll ask them, I'll say, you know, what would you like to learn today instead of just, all right, it's time for school. Let's go. Let's sit down and do your work. Because I think starting it off that way with that open-ended question, it, it gets his mind, it, it helps his mind switch from like he was just playing to now, hmm, what would I like to learn today? And sometimes it's, it's something very simple and we have a book about it. Other times it's something that we need to research. Like yesterday he wanted to know how apple juice is made. And we ended up watching a short episode, uh, a short clip on YouTube of how apple juice is made. Um, I didn't know that most apple juice is produced in October. We learned that together yesterday. And then we also happen to have some apples at home and I have a juicer. So we juice some apples. And while I was, you know, getting the apples prepared, um, you know, we had seven. So I said, you know, can you bring me four? And how many do you have left? So we were throwing in some math, I cut the apples in half to talk about fractions, cut the apples in half again to talk about quarters. My middle child was there and we ended up talking about, um, is this a is cutting the apple a, a chemical or physical change? Because that, that's in line with her um, 
science that she has to learn this year. And my oldest was there. And she said, um, why do that? Where did the phrase an apple a day keeps the doctor away come from? Like, why do people say that? So she ended up looking that up all while we're getting prepared to juice this. So all my kids happened to be involved in that moment. And then, um, you know, we, we started to juice the four apples and they all got to taste it. And they you know, had, they compared it to the juice that we bought from the store. It was like this whole thing <laughs> um, that happened to include all of them for that moment. But that was all based on me saying to my son, what would you like to learn today? <laughs> so that's how we make it fun. And then, you know, we just transitioned into other things um, for the rest of the school day. But I felt like that little 15 minutes was a great start. Now that's not every day. <laughs> it just so happened like that was just yesterday. But um, I, I do think that that's one way that you can make things fun is to just ask them, what would you like to learn today? So that's hopefully that answers that question. <laughs> do you offer consultations? I don't. I don't. But my mother thinks I should. <laughs> OK, you did visit. You tried homeschooling last year and it was very overwhelming, but you want to try again. Oop. I love the fact that you said you could homeschool by the grade, which is great. Yeah. Okay. So, Genesia, which you're talking about the New York City side was hard or overwhelming or just homeschool in general? Because <laughs> it could be both. <laughs> oh my gosh. How do you submit that type of learning to your reviewer? I don't have a reviewer in Georgia, but what I just described, I would just make notes of that. I, you know, you could use like a voice to text app to just say what you did for that day. And then, you know, just at the end, it almost like a diary entry, you would just make a note of what you did and what it covers. And if you're extra like me, you would put what standard it aligns with just to speak that same educator language. But I would just treat it just like a diary entry. In fact, I did just treat it like a diary entry of talk about like, this is what we did. And this this is what it covers. And this was an example of that exercise. Um, and just make a note of it, whether digitally or analog through, you know, if you're using like a, a, a traditional paper planner. Oh, yay. Okay. Thank you, Jasmine. Thank you for stepping in to help Janice. Yes. And I'm, I'm so sorry if I'm saying your name wrong. Okay, good. Thank you. Yes. Just send me a message. Hold on. Where did your name go? There you are. Send me a message uh, of what you want it to say uh, under your description and I will get you added on there. Okay, both. It took them. It took long for them to get back to me with the letter of intent and the school was like ACS. Okay, got it. Well, then, yeah, let's get you connected with Jasmine. That way we can help walk you through this faster and more simply. Okay, got it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we don't want, I don't want you to be left hanging. So um, Jasmine's going to send me her info. And then I, I, I hope that you guys kind of link up after this and like message back and forth to make that process simpler. Because I know like for me, it's like, I'm in Georgia and I'm just going off of what I've researched, but I would want to get you support to make it faster and simpler and like be able to, 
you know, jump over their, those hurdles a lot easier. And she says she's got family homeschooling in New York City, so she could reach out to them and, you know, kind of help with that. Okay, cool. Glad you guys have connected. Excellent. Thank you so much for being here, Jasmine. I still need to come learn how to do makeup for me. <laughs> I'm like hot. I hope I'm not still feverish. I'm going to turn my fan on. A little desk fan. Oh, no, it's not charged. All right. Good morning, E. Perkins. Yes, that's right, Kaya. Some people do do it like yearbook style. And Sunshine, you said you take pictures and videos and keep them in a folder on a Google Drive. Yeah, that's what I do. That's what I do. Uh, except we just don't have a reviewer, but I still do it that way. April, you said, how do you get your kids to want to learn? Yours have zero interest in learning new things, 14 and 10. Um, you know, sometimes I, <laughs> I'm a little deceptive, I guess, with my kids. And, be, and that's because I will just start doing something, but I won't tell them what I'm doing. And then they'll come and ask, like, what are you doing? Because <laughs> they're just curious. So you could try that. Um, also, sometimes, like I said, just straight up ask them, like, what are you interested in? What would you like to learn? And if they're like, nothing, well, let's learn about nothing. Let's learn about where nothing come from. What, in, what is nothing? <laughs> or you can even just introduce things like, hey, guys, I'm going to be learning about X, Y, Z if you're interested. And then just walk away. And if they're not interested, it could just be a time in their life where they're just, it's nothing's hitting. Not, they're not passionate about anything at the moment. Or they think what they're passionate about, you wouldn't be interested in. You could also just ask them to teach you something. Because I think 10 is still a sweet age where they could, they want to tell you what they're interested in. Um, so that's what I would try. Just to try to have some conversations about what they are passionate about and then see if you can then incorporate more of what they're passionate about in with math and reading and that sort of thing. Um, a reviewer is someone who comes to look at what you've done for your homeschool year, to, like in a, to make an assessment, almost like think like a, an auditor, like tax auditor. They come and just check what you've done to make sure what you're doing is in alignment with the state laws. Okay, your son is going to private school. What can you use to strengthen him at home during the year? Uh, what grade, E. Perkins? Because my first thought, you know, is going to probably go to that Big Fat Notebook series, <laughs> uh, especially if he's like middle school. Because I think just getting those for each subject is pretty solid. Fourth grade. Um, mm, I would still probably get those because... <laughs> Some of the concepts that they're learning in fourth grade are going to be repeated in middle school anyway. So I think there's nothing wrong with him getting introduced to that at this age. That book series, I think, is just it should be in every child's home, public, private homeschool. I just really like that book series. I wish I got paid to say that. Um, that's what just off the top of my head I would recommend. But if you're looking into like something more like a workbook that he could be doing at home, um, or maybe even just like online apps and games for fourth grade. I really like the game Wordscapes because it, you know, it's, it's, it's thinking about how to take the letters that they give you and make new words out of it, which just strengthens your reading and spelling. Um, Sudoku, I think is a fun, relaxing game from just math or even just logic puzzles in general, like getting a book of logic puzzles and word searches, I think is a good option just to strengthen all of those, uh, skills without, making it feel like it's schoolwork, you know, because he's going to be at school all day. You don't want more schoolwork when they get home. So I, I like those kinds of puzzles um, where it's like relaxing, but you're you're still strengthening those 
those learning muscles. What was the name of the book? Oh, the Big Fat Notebook series. Let me grab it. If y'all are new <clears throat> to me, I recommend these books so much. <laughs> like I said, I, I wish I was sponsored to say it, but I'm not. I've bought th this entire set for my kids. I've bought books for my cousins and like shipped it to them, you know, Amazon. This is the book series, covers all the main subjects for middle school. But again, I think upper elementary could also still benefit from this. This is what the cover looks like. Um, I do have on my YouTube channel a flip through of all these books. So if you would like to take the time to go over there and look through it before you buy that series, I do have it linked in my Amazon storefront as well. Fabulous. They also have the high school series that they're coming out with. Um, right now, they just have chemistry, biology, pre-algebra, algebra, and geometry for high school. I love those books. <laughs> I can't say enough about those books. I know, right? Why is math not red? It threw me too. I was like, y'all didn't do the right colors on some of these, but I'm going to let it slide because the book series is good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I would say if you're going to get all of them, I would hold off on getting the world history one because they're about to come out with a second edition of the world history uh, at the beginning of next year. So if you want to get the whole series, obviously you don't have to, but, um, but you can. <laughs> okay. Wait a minute. Ooh, you guys are typing faster. What, I missed something. Oh, thank you. You just subscribed to my channel. Thank you. Do you know anybody that is homeschooling an only child? Yes. Um, the, actually, there's two on my Rolodex right off the top of my head that I can think about. Um, hard, copy, a, hard Copy Printing HQ. That's her username. She homeschools an only child. And Prana Be Love also homeschools an only child. So yeah, you're not alone. It's kind of like a unicorn in the homeschool community, but you're not alone. By any means, I, I'm an only child too. I wasn't homeschooled, but yeah. How do you skip grades with an evaluator? So with that, in that situation, I think you would just show completion of each subject. So like if you have an evaluator come, let's say they come once a year, um, that's 12 months out of the year. So that since they last saw your child, you would just show where you completed all the requirements for one grade in like six months and then the next grade in the next six months. You wouldn't necessarily skip entirely, but you would just show like my child met all the requirements for this grade and we moved on. We didn't string it out for the whole year. My thoughts on core knowledge. I mean, I have um, some of their books. Let me show you that too. Hold on. <laughs> Okay, so this ooh, this book series I have as well. I just picked up one because I didn't want to bring all the books over. So I have what your you know what your elementary grader needs to know by core knowledge. It's okay. I think it's a fine backbone um, for all the subjects because they even have art and music in these books, um, which I also linked in my Amazon if you're interested in these types of books. I think it's fine. I think it's exactly what it says it is. It's the core. Um, but you're going to want to add some something more robust to it. I wouldn't let that be the only thing that you're doing because it can get a bit dry. But I do like it for the core, just making sure like 
if I'm ever just like, I don't know what to teach. I don't know where to find the resource, yada, yada, yada. It's, it's a good book of, it's more like a textbook. This is not a workbook. I don't know if you guys are seeing that. So this is more like you as the teacher would use this book. This wouldn't be something you hand to your child and have them read it. This is you taking, you know, 15, 20 minutes to study it prior to them getting it. And when you're just like, I don't know anything about static electricity. Let me read up on that real quick. There's that section right there, static electricity. So, you know, I like the brand, but again, it's not, um, I wouldn't say just use that and that alone, but I say that about everything too. <laughs> you said first day panic is real. You're prepared, but not ready. I think that's the proper way to think of homeschooling for probably any like first day of job. Like you're prepared, but you're not ready. Oh, you were looking at their free printable curriculum. Okay. Yeah. Again, I think it's good for the core, but not necessarily for everything. Like you can definitely add on to it, but I, I like their approach. I think it's, it's quite straightforward. Do you have to have a college degree? You do not. Good morning, PR Shorty. Yeah, in no state do you have to have a, a college degree to homeschool. You said your district had a lottery for preschool. Your daughter didn't get in. What should you focus on at home? Okay, so th that same book series that I held up has a preschool version, like what your preschooler needs to know if you want to look through that. I think if you have it on Kindle or if you have a... Kindle membership. I think you can let me look before I say that. Before I say that. Um, okay, yeah, there is a Kindle version of the book if you don't want the physical book. Also, if you don't want to go the book route, you can just um, do an internet search for preschool scope and sequence. Um, and that was scope like the mouthwash sequence, like a sequence of events. Here we go. Scope and sequence. And then what you would want to do, I'm just pulling this one because this I went to a conference recently. So basically what a scope and sequence is, is it tells you by subject what your kid ought to know for that grade. Now keep in mind these, these scope and sequences are put together by somebody. So you might not agree with everything on the list, but you can use it as a guide. So like, for example, um, for preschool, for math, they suggest number recognition, zero to 20, counting to 100, shape recognition, pattern sequencing, color sequencing, calendar, clock, coins, measurement, dot patterns, number sets, number line, ordinals. What is an ordinal? I don't even know what that is. I, have to, I would have to Google that. <laughs> Fractions and position words. So with that, you can then go on and say, okay, what are ordinals, first of all, because what's an ordinal? Oh, okay, first, second, third. Why don't they just say that? So teaching your preschooler first, second, third, that kind of thing. First, second, third, fourth, fifth. Um, so that's a scope and sequence that you could follow. This one, again, came from the conference that I went to, but I'm sure it's available online as well. And you can just find something like that. Okay, thank you, Organized Chaos. I was like, ordinal? <laughs> uh, Y'all, I'm not feeling my best, to be quite honest. Like I said, I 
had a fever last night. <clears throat> I don't have it this morning, but I'm just like, ah. <laughs> yeah, that was for a preschooler, what I was reading from. Oh, this is not a book. This is a catalog that I got from a homeschool conference. Uh, this one is from BJU Press. So you could probably find this online at bjupresshomeschool.com. That's the website that's written up here real light. But every big company that I went to was giving these out. So here's another one from Horizons, who probably has something different on their list for preschool. So every um, group, every person that puts together a scope and sequence is going to be slightly different. Like on theirs, they do not use the word ordinal <laughs> for preschool. <laughs> Which is so funny. They don't even say that a preschooler should know first, second, third. Hmm. So yeah, it's, it's going to be different depending on which company's scope and sequence you look at. Because actually they don't say that uh, a preschooler should know that. They, they reserve that for kindergarten. So it just it's going to depend on which one you look at. But that was like the most popular thing that was being given out was the different companies, big, big homeschool companies were giving out scope and sequence books. And I just grabbed them all. Oh, and your school ordinals are first grade. Yeah, see, it just depends on who is making the who is making the list. Um, the What Your Child Needs to Know series, that book is by Core Knowledge. That's the people up here, but Edie Hirsch is the, uh, I guess, the author or the editor. Someone tagged you and you missed it. Uh-oh. If someone tagged M makeup artist Jasmine, M-U-A Jasmine, please type it to her again. And y'all, if, if I'm holding anything up, it's in my Amazon storefront too. I, I want to try to get caught up on some of the questions. I know I'm like so behind today. And thank y'all so much. Oops. Thank y'all so much for the likes and the follows too. I appreciate that. How do you start the process? What state are you in, um, Blackberry Molasses? I don't know if you're still here. Because the process is going to be a little different depending on the state. Arizona. Okay, I think Arizona is a pretty simple, straightforward um, state. But let's, let me just double check so I don't get you confused with another. So in Arizona, you do submit the notification that you want to homeschool. Um, let's see. Let's go see where that is. Okay, there it is. They call it the affidavit of intent. You have to submit that within 30 days of beginning your homeschool program. So if you've withdrawn your child from school within 30 days of your withdrawal date, you need to be filing the affidavit of intent in order to just declare that you are homeschooling. Um, and it says on here, hold on. Oh, you have to provide a copy of the child's birth certificate as well. Okay. See, that's new. And it says a photocopy is sufficient if the birth certificate is notarized. Okay. And that's it. That's it. That's all it takes to get started in Arizona. You would just submit that to your, your county school superintendent. So 
I would encourage you to go to the Arizona Department of Education website to just get a view of what that affidavit should say. But um, just so you're, you know, making sure that you've got all your I's dotted and T's crossed in that regard. Um, but then after that, you don't have like testing requirements and all that other stuff that some other states have. Um, but you do have to teach, it says reading, grammar, math, social studies, and science in your homeschool curriculum. <laughs> so, but what you choose to do that is up to you. Hey, you said you're new here. Do you have experience homeschooling kids with learning disabilities? So I personally do not. However, um, there's a list in my Rolodex that you can uh, check out some of the other homeschoolers on this app. In their descriptions, it will say like if they are homeschooling children with learning disabilities, because I know that's a big umbrella term. It can mean a lot of different things. Um, but you can definitely reach out to anybody on that list. Um, they've all, they all know that I do these lives and they're all open to answering questions. You can just say, hey, I was in Cousin Tam's live. I have a question about homeschooling my child who has, you know, whatever um, the learning disability is that, that your child has. Do you get any aid for homeschooling in California? You know, I don't know, but there are some Californians on that list. If you wanted to reach out to them, I would definitely encourage you to reach out to Beth Griffin and ask if that's an option in California. <clears throat> so guys, if you're dropping your state and you're like wanting to know the requirements, um, this website right up here, this hslda.org forward slash legal is a good place to start to get just like an abbreviated version for your state. But then I always encourage you to go to the Department of Education's website for your state to find out the most up-to-date information because even websites like these, um, sometimes things can change. So yeah, I, I would definitely encourage you to check out that site. And then also, if you're like, what do I teach? This site down here, this IXL.com forward slash standards is one that you can go to um, to get an idea of what a kid should know if, for that particular subject, for that particular grade. <clears throat> you said your husband and I are hoping to, we're hoping to homeschool, but now are separated. Are there scenarios where single? Yes, yes. There are there scenarios where single people can homeschool? Absolutely. Um, actually, there's some on that Rolodex as well. Um, one that comes to mind is Carful Academy. She talks about how she is um, divorced, homeschooling her four kids um, as a single parent. So her username is Carful, like K-A-R-R, -R, Full Academy. Also, um, Hannah Home Educate. She's based in the UK, but she talks a lot about what she does as well, homeschooling her kids um, as a single uh, parent as well. So yeah, it's totally possible. And on their pages, they go into more detail about how exactly they do that. But yeah, that, that was the one thing I was saying in the video that I recently made, like you don't have to be a stay-at-home mom to homeschool. You don't have to even be, um, married or, you know, you don't have to have that traditional family set up if, if that's not, that's, that doesn't exclude you from homeschooling. Like before, when I started homeschooling, I actually had a full-time job and I was still in the National Guard. So technically a job and a half and we were homeschooling. So it's possible. And then when I left full-time employment, left the military, I still worked part-time from home as well for a number of years, only recently stopped working part-time, um, in February. So you can definitely do it. 
you said, oh, shoot, it snapped to the bottom. Okay, hold on, let me scroll back up. Y'all, I'm so sorry if I'm missing your questions, but thank you guys, like PR Shorty and Kay, y'all being here and answering questions. I appreciate that so much. How do you have suggestions on how to homeschool multiple grades to make it less stressful? Ooh, um, stagger their start times. Do not start them all together, if you can help it. Uh, encourage your older kids to be more independent as soon as possible. Um, utilize digital resources when you can. Um, yeah, those are the main things. Like my kids, as much as I like seeing other people talk about their morning baskets and being all together, we do not do that. I separate, divide and conquer. <laughs> so I, my kids are usually always in a separate room. They are not usually doing their schoolwork in the same room together. They distract each other and nothing gets done when they work in the same room together. So separate, stagger the start times if need be. Um, because what I have found is when my oldest gets started first, it makes my younger two want to get their work done too. So they can go join her cause she's done. So it's like, Hey, if you want to go play, you gotta <laughs> sit down and get that done. Um, but yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. PR Shorty, you're a single parent working in homeschooling too. Okay. Yes. Are you on my list? Could you be, do you want to be, we need to talk about that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. I think I'm caught up, y'all. If I missed your question, I promise it's not intentional. I'm off today. You're not what you can be. Okay, cool. Y'all, I'm burning up. I probably need to wrap it up today. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You didn't see the books on the link tree either. Help, I'm so lost. Oh, they're in my Amazon storefront. So if you click on where it says Amazon, it should take you directly there to the, all the things that I hold up when I'm talking about homeschooling. Public school, now homeschooling would love advice on adapting to it. Don't compare the two. I would say that um, it's completely different. Um, one example I like to use uh, that I think helps to illustrate the point for a lot of people is think of public school like having a traditional nine to five job. You know, everything is kind of systematic. You show up and things are in place for you already. You get your check every two weeks. That's that's public school. Homeschooling is like being an entrepreneur. Nothing is set up already for you. Everything that you have or will have as an entrepreneur or as a homeschooler, you will put that system in place. You know, payroll isn't automatic. Sometimes your pay isn't even as systematic as every two weeks, you know, like that's that's the difference between public school and, and homeschooling in my mind. Neither, not, not one is better than the other, but I would say homeschooling is, is more work than I think some people want to admit because <laughs> you know when you when you're in a community like homeschooling that's constantly being um targeted as not being good enough you're hesitant to talk about like the parts where you struggle because uh, you don't want to give you know more fuel to the fire or you don't want to give you know more ammo to the people that are critiquing you however that's the best example that i can give is that 
when you choose to homeschool your kids, you are basically saying like, I'm choosing to leave the nine to five grind and I am going to become an entrepreneur. And the benefits can be astronomical, like off the charts, but also we all know a lot of um, entrepreneurs kind of crash and burn in that first couple of years, but you just have to keep at it. Um, so when you're adapting from public school to homeschool, you know, just recognize that's the level of difference that you're dealing with. You're not going to have those systems in place. You're going to have to create the routines and adjust and adapt. You're not going to have the automatic testing. You're going to have to be the one that goes out and seeks and sources the testing if you're going to, you know, choose to do that. Nothing about homeschool is automatic and everything is on you to make it happen. If your homeschool is a success, it's because you made it that way. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Homeschool Help Desk Live. If you'd like to participate in a live show, you can follow me on TikTok at Cousin Tam and join the live every Monday through Thursday from 8.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And now back to the show. Okay, cool. You guys got that analogy. Good. I was like, ah. <laughs> you said you plan to start homeschooling your toddler. He's almost two. You know that's early, but any suggestions on what you could start with? Yeah, um, I was just holding it up. Hold on. So your son being two is, you know, pre-preschool. <laughs> but you could, you know, look up the term scope and sequence for a preschooler and use that as kind of like a guide or a checklist of, you know, just in, you know, in general, what should a kid know? like ABCs, one, two, threes, letters, number shapes, however you choose to introduce that, of course, is going to be based on your child's interest. But um, that's what I would start with. Like, just look up the term preschool scope and sequence. And um, you could also look up a resource that I like. It's called flockschool.com. has different lesson plans on there that um, you could just search under preschool to get some ideas. Just remember not to push super duper hard because he is still just two, but that I think would give you an idea of the direction you could be going. Okay. Oh man, you're welcome. Thank you, Haley. <laughs> I appreciate that. What type of curriculum for a sixth grader? Never done this before. What do you need? Same for you, lady. Um, I would say definitely check out like the sixth grade scope and sequence just to get a start. You could also start with this IXL.com forward slash standards website just to know what a sixth grader should know, what they should be focusing on. And then once you've got that, you can then determine which method you want to use to teach those subjects. So, and I would include your sixth grader in on this decision because what you don't want to do is go out and buy your sixth grader a bunch of workbooks for every subject only to find out that they hate workbooks. You might want to see if they want to go a workbook route or a digital route or a combination of the two. Um, also, keep in mind that y'all can incorporate games and field trips to, um, to teach a lot of the things that are going to be on that scope and sequence list. It doesn't all have to be book work, book work, book work all the time. So that's where I would suggest you start, lady. Also, in my profile, um, on my link tree, I do have a resources list that you can kind of go through and click on some of the different things with your son 
to see what he's interested in, what stands out to him, what makes him go, ooh, and what makes him go, ooh. <laughs> um, just so that you're not wasting your time and money. Because it doesn't matter how good someone on the internet makes something sound. If your son doesn't like it, don't buy it. Because it's going to be a waste. It's going to sit on that shelf. Or there's going to be a lot of tears and struggling back and forth. And you're just going to be like frustrated with the whole experience. So um, th that's my suggestion when it comes to choosing a curriculum, which is why y'all, I'm always so hesitant to just be like, this is the one. There is no the one. I have three kids <laughs> and each of them learns in a different way. And I try my best to consolidate and get resources from the same place. But sometimes that's just plain old not possible because, you know, I have an introverted reader who who is perfectly fine with workbooks. And then I have an extrovert who would rather not sit still and would love to just play games for all the subjects. So trying to get her to do a math workbook was torture to her. But my oldest is like, I'm good. I'm fine with this. So I ended up having to invest in more math games for my middle child um, to help her learn multiplication because the flashcards weren't working. The workbooks weren't working. Print free printables wasn't working. So you have to be willing to be flexible. And like I said, listen to your kid. <laughs> it will save you a headache and a half because my, my true opinion is kids default function is to learn. And I'll use my middle child as an example. Um, she was not interested in multiplication from a, from a workbook. But when I used the scenario of a slumber party, and talked about how you would need to, you know, multiply what you're buying at the grocery store so that all your friends had enough. Now, all of a sudden, multiplication and division matters because she can visualize having her friends come over and she cared about that. So it became a lot easier to explain it because that's the way her brain operates. That's her, her love language is hanging out with people. <laughs> so... I cannot just hand her a worksheet or at first when I'm trying to explain why she should even care about multiplication. I could not just hand her a worksheet and say, do this. She, she would just look at it like, why? <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely, you know, talking to your kids, getting to know what they're passionate about and then utilizing that as a method of helping you explain a concept is um, I think very important when you're getting into homeschooling. Good morning. Hey, uh, what are some what games for math for a fourth grader? Oh, um, math bingo is one that we use quite a bit for addition and subtraction and multiplication and division. It's two separate games. Um, fractions dominoes was a fun one too. Because um, those are the main things that you're working on at that level. And there's also decimals in the fractions dominoes card games. So those are the main two. I, I believe I put both of those in my Amazon storefront as well if you wanted to check those out. Thank y'all so much for the follows. I appreciate that so much. Hey, Mickey. <laughs> oh, thank you. You say you, you are, I appreciate you blessed by your encouragement and your open communication to help. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that y'all. I'm, I'm struggling today. <laughs> so I appreciate that compliment. <clears throat> Number munchers. Oh, is that a game? I have to look that one up too. But yeah, y'all don't, don't discount that you can use games to teach different things. Ideas on hands-on history. Ooh, um, if you can go to museums, please do go to museums, honestly, because there's, 
there's no more passionate person than a, than these museum workers who will tell you as much history as you can stand. <laughs> um, and that's what I intend to do this year because Georgia is the focus for eighth grade. So we're gonna try to go to a bunch of different state parks and museums around Georgia and let those people who get paid to talk about it, talk about it. Um, that's like the best thing I can say. Cause like, you know, documentaries aren't really hands-on reading. Even if you did a read aloud, it can be fun, but it's not hands-on. So yeah, definitely trying to travel to me is like the best version of hands-on history. Yeah. Okay, cool. I see you guys chatting back and forth. Thank you, Haley, for that compliment. I appreciate that, y'all. <laughs> Oh my gosh, y'all, that's, I appreciate the encouragement so much because I'm like totally drained at the moment. <laughs> does anyone, does anyone do a mission project with their fifth graders? I remember doing them in school. No, that was part of my church when I was growing up, but it wasn't part of school. Special education, Fatima. Um, was there another part or did that come and get cut off or was it just about homeschooling special education. Good morning, Julie. Okay, I don't see the if I don't know if your question got cut off, Fatima, or if you were just purely asking about special education in homeschool. Um, I don't know, but I'm assuming you were just like asking about special education in homeschool, which yes, you can do it. Okay, just a general question. Yeah, it's totally possible. In fact, a lot of times, um, especially if you're very dedicated, um, your child could thrive and do much better um, at home because you have already made all the accommodations. The school would try be trying to adapt to what you already do. Um, so, like I said, in a lot of in a lot of scenarios, it's actually better at home because you're going to make sure, like, if they need. For example, speech therapy appointments, you're going to make sure that that happens. They're not going to fall through the cracks at home. Whereas I'm, I'm sure we could all think of a scenario or a story where we've heard of a child with special needs have, not having them met at school. So, yes, it's totally possible. What are good games for reading and math? Fourth grade, your son loves games. Um, so math bingo is one that's really popular here at our house, along with fractions, domino. Um, like I said, I, I got both of those games from or I put both of those games on my Amazon storefront. Pictionary, uh, you can actually make this up at home, um, but we use, let me let me grab you these because I really, really like these uh, word tiles because they're, they're color coded according to the parts of speech. So you're like teaching three things at once. If you get these word tiles, they're color coded over here. They're color coded by, you know, uh, nouns are blue, verbs are red. Uh, adjectives are green. So what you could do and what I have done, like my son, he's in first grade. I would have him choose just the blue ones because nouns are easier to draw. And he would draw on the board. First, you have to read it. So it's almost like a sight word. Um, he reads the word, he draws it on the board, and we as a family have to guess it. And then for my older two, they would have to choose red or green tiles because how do you draw, learn? right? They have to think, how do you draw the word learn? But they're also learning that learn is a verb because it's read. Uh, or excuse me. Yeah, it's a verb. Same thing with this one, like climbs. How do you illustrate climb? So I bought these. You can use them to like form sentences as well. 
Um, we've also, like I said, we use these for Pictionary. Um, another uh, word game that we like is Upwords. Uh, Scrabble, of course, but I like Upwords better because it challenges them to think about how to use different words to build other words. I think, um, and you can go up or the traditional way with Scrabble. So I like Upwords better, honestly. Um, we've also used a game for our young, my, my young, when they were younger, uh, sight word circle, where you just get some sight word flashcards, put them in a circle on the floor and encourage your kid to go jump on the words. So that's a very active game. Um, also headbands is a, is a fun game that requires the person to read the card and then they have to guess, am I a fruit? Am I an animal? And you know, having to form those questions in order to figure out what what they what the card says. So I like headbands as well. So those are some ones that we like. Um, if anyone else wants to drop in what they are liking, oh, you got upwards for clearance on yeah, uh, Walmart five dollars. Thank you, Julie. So yeah, definitely, you guys also drop ones that you guys like as well. You said, good morning, your daughter is starting virtual school. You know, it's not the same as homeschooling, but you're scared. Oh yeah, that's a normal thing. Anytime you're starting something new, um, you know, just keep an eye to make sure that it's, um, that she's getting something out of it. You know, like you don't have to feel tied to it if, if it's, if it's a drag and she's just not really learning, she's just kind of going through the motions. Just keep an eye on that for the next couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Shay Shay, same to you. Oh, yeah, you're scared too. Yeah, it's new. It's new. I don't know if you um, just popped in, but I, I, I'm always... Um, you know, using the the example or the comparison of homeschool is like starting a new business. It's scary because you're kind of out there on your own. You're not sure if you're doing anything right. And sometimes you really don't see the fruit of your labor for weeks or months after you've gotten started. So it's a scary thing. Like your, your feeling is totally valid. It's me every single year as we're going up. I'm like, okay, I thought we were going to stop this at fifth grade, but here we are headed to the eighth grade. So, um, so yeah, it's it's a scary thing. You don't have to feel like that's like you should just shake that off. Like, nah. You could actually, you know, let it drive you because I do know like when you're scared and it's about your kids, you're not gonna let your kids fail. So um, yeah, you're definitely in the right place to ask any questions that you have. It's not just me answering. There's a lot of other homeschool moms here that are also answering questions in the chat too. So um, yeah, thank y'all so much for being here. My lives are usually on YouTube. This one today, I was having some issues with my webcam. So today's is not, but it's uh, being recorded on a podcast. So there's a backup <laughs> to the recording, um, which will be on Spotify and Apple Podcasts later today. Um, and then I'll try to figure out what's going on with today's live not being available on YouTube. But yes, it typically is on YouTube. Yes, I'm not feeling well. <laughs> uh, but that's all right. We're still chugging along. Any suggestions for first timers, especially middle school? Yeah, um, is it Miss Starford Star Lord? I'm sorry, I said I thought I saw F. Okay, Miss Star Lord. Yeah, so um, middle school definitely keep your kids in the conversation with whatever you're choosing. 
because if they choose it, they're more likely to use it. Um, that's one of my main suggestions. I also do really like this entire book series for middle school because it's kind of like when when you don't know what to do or what to talk about or um, when that middle school math starts hitting and you're just like, wait, what is what are they talking about? You can look it up in, in this book, which is like a reference book for all things middle school math. So I've used this for myself as well as, you know, encouraging my kids to look up the concepts that they're not really sure of. So that series, I think, is worth the investment for all of middle school. <laughs> uh, my, uh, my podcast on Spotify is called Homeschool Help Desk Live. Do you need to get her school supplies? What do you even get? Do you need to be certified? No, you do not need to be certified. School supplies are going to depend on what you're working on. You know, like you don't have to get everything all at once. I'll say that like dry erase board and marker, maybe like the little small ones or notebooks and paper and pencil. It Again, it depends on what you're working on. Like notebooks and pencils, I think it's a safe bet for all the school supplies. I don't think you need like all the things that you see on a traditional school list, certainly not all at once. But as you get into the flow of things, you'll see like, oh, you know, we could really use a printer or, you know what, I think it's time we invest in a laminator. Like it can happen over time. Favorite affordable laminator? Uh, I don't know what the prices of laminators are now, but I, I have the Scotch brand I got from Walmart. I think it was like less than 20 bucks, maybe five years ago, still going strong. I agree, Samantha. Yes, it is helpful to have a friend who's homeschooling, 100%. And if you don't have one, jump in these lives. We'll, we'll be your friend. Yes, when searching for secular research, secular resources, research like a teacher, drop homeschooling from your search. Don't say that in your search. Um, do you have any YouTube educational channel recommendations for a third grader? Yeah, there are some on the resources list in my profile. There are some YouTube channels on there. And I, I try to make sure I say YouTube in the description of it so that you'll know it's a YouTube video. Can you say the podcast again? Yeah, it's just homeschool help desk live. Same title. Thank you, Shay Shay, for asking. Do you have the link for the books? Yes, it's in my Amazon storefront in my profile. The name of the series is, uh, it's the Big Fat Notebook series. Aside from online school, are there secular curriculum available? Yes, in my profile, there's a ton of them. All of what I use is secular. Ha, <laughs> Julie, you're funny. <laughs> oh, I appreciate the compliment. I think that's just down to me wearing the same thing every day and having a, an, an absurdly simple makeup routine so I can throw it on so I don't look like no one loves me. <laughs> oh my gosh. You said you've been homeschooling going on five years. How do you get him to focus on the subjects he doesn't like? Uh, I would first ask, what does he not like about them? Because it could be like it's boring or um, he's just not interested, in which case I would say, don't push it. 
if there is a way that you can incorporate them, like interweave it in with the subjects that he does like. So let's say your kid doesn't like math, but they love science. That's an, those are those those subjects are an easy ones to blend together. So you can be more science focused um, and less intense on the math, you know, and or using math problems that incorporate science in the wording of the word problem so that it feels more like science than math. Um, really just depends, though, on which subjects he's not liking. Like if it's history for me, one of the things that, that's my least favorite subject. One of the things that I did was I went out and bought this workbook or excuse me, word search. Um, and it's like all about history. So I'm doing the word search, but then you have to read this little blurb, uh, like this little paragraph at the bottom that gives you the history. But I enjoy word searches. So just finding ways to blend those two is, is very, I think that helps. You're starting Discovery K-12 with your boys this year, first time homeschooling parents. Okay. Yep. Yep. Well, welcome. I know um, Discovery K-12 is is a, is a popular one that people start with. So welcome. Definitely um, feel free to join the conversation or ask any questions that you have. I hope I haven't missed too many questions today, y'all, but please forgive me. I'm not at my best. Oh, it's always creative writing. We switched to... Lou to help, but he still hates it. You know what helped my kids with creative writing was to write letters to their family members. So sometimes if you give a child a subject and ask them to write about it, they're just not interested at all in doing that. But um, they still, they can write, they have thoughts, you know, they just, and, and telling them why it's important to write is also, I think, um, a part that I missed at the beginning. Like I didn't tell my kids why they should care about writing. I just told them to write. Um, so when I told them why it's important, like, you know, you're not always going to be in the same room with the person that you're communicating with, but you want to still communicate with them and, and have them get the message across. Um, that made it make more sense. And then having them write to someone that they like, like if they have a favorite aunt, a favorite uncle, grandma, grandpa, whoever, um, have them write a letter. Like ask that person if they would be your kid's pen pal to just encourage that writing at the beginning. It doesn't have to be based on the topic in the workbook because sometimes that's dry and boring, y'all. Not everybody, not every kid responds well to writing prompts, but we just want them to get that practice of writing. So encouraging them to write a letter to a family member or friend that they really like, um, I think could be helpful to just kind of get over that hump of, I hate writing. And then from there, once they've been, you know, doing that pen pal thing for a bit, then you can say, okay, you know, let's incorporate some other ideas. Like if they love Roblox, have them write to their grandparent and explain why Roblox is awesome. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's what I would suggest. You love, you love that asking yours to teach a sibling helps. Yes, that's true. That's true. And this is like the smarter version of that. <laughs> no, I've asked my kids to teach me things too. That That's what helps me learn their learning style is to ask my kids to teach me something. Um, and then that's how I know how they want to be taught. How do you manage a work schedule and homeschooling? Which, what is your best strategy? Excel spreadsheets was my strategy color blocking my work schedule and the homeschool schedule so that I could see when I'm working, when I'm homeschooling, color coded. And I also throw my housework on there too. Um, seeing it visually helped me stick to it a lot easier. 
and then like letting the whole family know like this is the routine and keep in mind it can change because I changed my routine I felt like seasonally when I was working from home because my hours were changing but um that's how I did it just having a visual schedule be up so that it's it's much easier to follow (sighs) thank you KK is on it she's like end scene we're done it's 10 oh my gosh I hope y'all enjoyed that episode of the Homeschool Help Desk Live. Remember that I am on TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube at Cousin Tam. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye.